Welcome to the Dear Young Preacher Mentoring Talk Podcast, a ministry of the Dear Young Preacher Mentoring Group with yours truly, Dr. James T. Worthy. Join me now for the next few moments for a time of education, inspiration, empowerment, and encouragement as we seek to help the next generation of proclaimers of the gospel of Jesus Christ for his glory and for his praise. Let me get into what I want to share with us tonight for a moment or two. Uh, And I pray tonight that this mentoring talk will do just that. It will mentor. It will help all of us as preachers of the gospel improve and be just a little bit better. If you joined us this morning for the Monday Motivational Moment, you know that this morning I dealt with a verse that was recorded in Romans chapter 12. It was actually the last verse of Romans chapter 12, verse 21, that said that we should not be overcome with evil, but we overcome evil by doing good. Um, This morning in the process of that conversation, we shared with us that there are three things that we've got to do in order to not only have a victorious life, but to maintain a life of victory. You remember this morning, I shared with you that the first thing that we had to do is we had to choose to live in love. We got to learn how to love our enemies, bless those that curse us, do good to those that hate us and pray for those that despitefully use us. We've got to learn how when they go low, we go high. Second thing I told you this morning is we've got to make sure that we choose power over pettiness. You don't have any time, any energy for anything petty in your life. You have got to remain so focused on the positive that the petty is the last thing that you think about. Because the third thing I told us is, is that if we choose pettiness over power, we will find ourselves becoming bitter instead of better. So we had to choose in every area of life Life is a choice. I choose to love. I choose to be powerful. I choose to be better. Well, after we went off air this morning, the Lord began to just feed into my spirit from that same chapter. And you would remember this morning, I referenced verses one and two. I beseech you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Verse two, and be not conformed to this world. Don't allow the world to shape you into what they want you to be. Don't even allow yourself to get caught up into the world's image. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing, by the changing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You've got to be able to choose what is God's perfect, good, and acceptable plan for you. After we shared that this morning, the Lord took me right back to that chapter. And in my time of looking at it, he allowed me to fall on verse number three. And verse number three is where I want to camp out for just a moment. And it's where the Lord gives me to camp out for just a moment uh, as we continue to make sure that we are operating in an area where not only the body of Christ is growing, but even as preachers of the gospel, we're growing. 
We need to see ourselves growing. We need to see ourselves getting big, better. We need to see ourselves getting bigger, but getting bigger according to God's way. See, the thing that you've got to always remember, young preacher, is God has a plan to promote you. God has a plan to progress you. God has a plan to make you bigger and better. But oftentimes, because we we feel that God is not doing it like we want it done, or it's not happening as quickly as we think it happens, or oftentimes we fall into the trap of comparison, watching somebody else move forward and progress. We fall into this unmistakable mode of trying to promote ourselves and make ourselves bigger. Comparison causes us to not only compare ourselves to others, but we'll fall into the trap of duplicating. And we're duplicating for all the wrong reasons. We're duplicating because we see somebody else doing it and it's working for them. And I wanna take a moment tonight to just encourage us to make sure that we understand that just because it works for one, does not mean that it will work for everyone. May I say that again? And it's a lesson that I'll be the first to admit I had to learn the hard way in ministry because just because it works for somebody else does not mean that God has designed that to work for me. I can glean from it. I can learn from it. I can obtain nuggets from it, but I've got to do it the way God wants me to do it. Look with me real quick at Romans chapter three, chapter 12, verse number three. King James Version, the word of God says, for I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, look at this, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. I want to read it again. For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, look at what Paul says, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, mm -hmm, but to think soberly, according as God have dealt to every man the measure of faith. New Living Translation, if you'll allow me to read it from the New Living Translation. The New Living Translation says it this way. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. You know, oftentimes I have seen um, preachers, and I must admit, in all honesty, I'm guilty of this myself, that I have tried to compare myself to others and fallen into the mistake of trying to make myself more than what God has made me. I've tried to make myself bigger than I actually was. I tried to make myself more important than I actually was. And through the process of that, here's the thing that I really want to dive into 
Here is a word that we preachers don't like to hear. I fell into the pit of arrogance. Arrogance in a preacher is a dangerous and toxic chemical that will set yourself up to cause more harm than good. Arrogance, arrogance is much like taking poison and putting it into your body, hoping that the poison is actually going to do some good. And I want to say to young preachers right now, hear my heart, hear me from a hard lesson. Arrogance will actually get you nothing. Arrogance will actually shut doors for you in ministry. Arrogance will cause people who are really serious about helping you to take a step back from you until you humble yourself. You may be gifted. You may be talented. You may have a preaching ability. Let me put it where you can catch it. You may have a hoop that's smoother than melted butter, but it's not your place to promote it. It's not your place to promote it, which is really what I want to talk about tonight. And I want to ask it tonight in the form of a question. The question that I want to ask, based on what Paul has told the Roman church that I share with us as preachers tonight, who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? Now, oftentimes when we hear this, we automatically jump into our feelings and we get an attitude because we feel like somebody's attacking. And tonight, don't shut me out thinking that I'm attacking you by asking you, who do you think you are? Tonight, I'm asking you to challenge your motives. I'm asking you to challenge your agendas. I'm asking you to challenge your spirit. Is what you are doing bringing more glory to God and less glory to yourself? Is what you are doing, is it helping people or is it promoting you? Is what you are doing is, as a preacher of the gospel really serving your ambassadorship or does it exemplify your arrogance? I have seen throughout the course of my time in ministry, and I continue to see particularly uh, young preachers who seem to forget something. We seem to forget that humble is still the way. That if we remain humble, if we remain focused, not on our gift, but on the giver of the gift, that our gift will be promoted in due time. I can tell you from experience, I can tell you from experience, very early in ministry, I allowed situations and things to cause me to lose sight of who I really was in God. And because I lost sight of who I really was in God, I fell into a situation where I began to doubt my calling because the people that once cried Hosanna came back and sought to crucify me. The same people that sung my praises in the beginning were quick to demote me and demoralize me. They sought to attack my character. They sought to question my integrity. 
Not that I had done anything wrong, but because I had stood on the word of God and refused to back down. There are people, and I'm going to be very transparent in this moment. There are people who loved me in the beginning. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. When they first came in contact with my ministry, they first came in contact with my pastoral ministry. Oh, they were quick to say, oh, this is wonderful. This is refreshing. This is great. Until I had to pastor them, until I had to bring some correction to them. And when I brought correction to them, they turned on me. They turned. But if I had allowed myself to get caught up in who I thought I was, guess what? It would have damaged my ministry. It would have damaged not only who I am, but who God says I am in ministry. So when I look at what Paul is saying here, what Paul is saying here is we've got to be careful as preachers of the gospel, as members of the body of Christ, be careful that we don't allow pride to lead us into an arrogant nature that will not only cause us to destroy quality relationships, but if you're not careful, it will hinder your walk with God. Because the word of God lets me know that pride goes before destruction and a haughty or a high-minded spirit before a fall. Humble is the way. So when I ask you this, I'm looking at what Paul is saying. He says, listen, let me tell you what you've got to do. Let me tell you how you need to think. The first thing that he tells me here is, is that when I think of myself, I cannot get caught up in a false promotion of self. He says, look, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. Young preacher, don't get caught up in the glory of ministry that you lose sight of your need to grow in ministry. Let me say that again. Don't get so caught up in the glory because standing behind that sacred desk with a microphone in hand and commanding the attention of people for 30 to 40 minutes on a weekly basis will cause you to get so caught up in self that you will fall into the trap of turning the pulpit into a battleground. You will cause yourself to fall into the trap, hear me clearly and hear what I'm about to say, that you will fall into the trap of thinking that the gospel, that you are above the gospel, that the word is beneath you. You will fall into the trap that the same of thinking that the same word that you use to correct others will not correct you. The same word that will convict others cannot convict you. You will fall into, watch this, a dangerous position called the pedestal see it too often. It happens too much. I am convinced and I am assured and I can tell you by my own life experience, I fell into this trap. I fell into this trap that because I allowed myself 
to think of myself more highly than I ought to think because my robe was flashy or because my suit was flashy. There was once a season in my life, comical but true. There was once a season in my life that I developed such a false promotion of myself that I had a definite means of trying to make myself more important. If it, if it wasn't uh, a certain name brand of clothing, I wouldn't wear it. If it wasn't first class, I didn't fly it because I got caught up in a false promotion of self. And this false promotion of self caused me to miss out on a lot of ministry opportunities because I was setting high demands, five-star hotels and big honorariums. I'm talking early in ministry. See, the reality of it is this, y'all. In order for you to make those demands, you've got to make sure that the quality of ministry presents itself. And then even then, remember what Jesus said. Jesus said, you don't have to make those demands. He said, his word said, that when you go in my name, you don't worry about that. All of that is provided for you. Can I tell you, when I got over James T. Worthy, that's when God started moving James T. Worthy to higher levels. There are platforms that I never dreamed that I would be standing and ministering and preaching on. There are positions that I now hold in the kingdom and in the ministry that I never dreamed I would have because I had to get over me. I want to challenge young preachers, get over yourself. Don't build a false promotion of yourself. Don't build a, a stage or a platform or a pedestal for yourself. Be humble. And the word of God says that when we stay humble, that's the moment that God lifts us up. But not only do we make sure that we don't get caught in a false promotion of self, the second thing is, if you're going to make sure that you are thinking and operating free from a spirit of arrogance, don't lose sight of who God says you are. See, oftentimes what ends up happening with us is we get so caught up in who we say we are that we forget who God says we are. And can I tell you from personal experience that God's way and who God says I am is much higher than who I say I am. What God says I am and what God says you are is so much bigger. But the only way that you are going to see what God says you are, look at what Paul says. He says that you need to be emptied of the spirit of self-promotion and honestly assess your worth. The Passion Translation says it this way. Honestly assess your worth by using your God-given faith. Mm-hmm. What, what, does, what does God say? What does God say? Okay. God says in Hebrews 11 and 6 that without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that God is, that God exists. But here's the thing that you need to hold on to, young preacher. Hold on to the fact 
that your faith not only says that God exists, but faith also says that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. You want to overcome that spirit of arrogance? Check yourself through the word of God. Let the word of God be the standard that checks you. Let the word of God be the standard that corrects you, that convicts you, that celebrates you, and even challenges you. Let the word of God be the standard that tells you who you really are. Let the word of God show you the areas of your life that could stand some improvement. And before we get there, let me tell you, no matter how long we've been in this walk, there is room in all of our lives for improvement. Oftentimes, we lose sight of who God says we are because our arrogance causes us to get hung up in who we say we are. I've seen it too often, too often. There are preachers who have the potential for greatness in ministry, but your greatness cannot be built on your arrogance. Your greatness cannot be built on how you promote yourself. Your greatness cannot be built on who you think you are. Greatness is built upon who God says you are. Who does God say you are? God says you're the head, not the tail. Which leads me to think that when I start operating in what I think, when I operate in arrogance, I trade headship for tailship. Uh-oh. Yeah, God says I'm above, not beneath. Let me tell you something. Hold on to this nugget. You'll never get above putting people beneath you. May I say that again? You will never get above, young preacher, putting other people or other preachers beneath you. You will never move to the next place, to the next phase, to the next dimension until you first master the place that you're in. So just because you are here, there, running here, there, and everywhere preaching, if you don't remain humble, what good is that? Because I can tell you, after a while, the doors will start closing. People will stop fooling with you. People will stop calling you because people with a heart's desire for ministry will not deal with your arrogance. They will shut you down. They will shut you down. And I'm going to tell you this just as plain and just as honest as I can be with you. Not only will they shut you down, but pastors talk. So what will end up happening is, is that pastors will talk to other pastors and they will say, I wouldn't fool with him if I were you. I wouldn't deal with that if I were you. You will find yourself basically closing doors to grand opportunities because of your arrogant spirit. Nobody has to call us, y'all. As preachers of the gospel, Nobody has to call us, you know, nobody has to invite me to preach at their church. Nobody has to invite me to do a multi-night revival. Nobody has to invite me to, to preach on a national stage. 
Nobody has to invite you to preach at the state convention or the national convention. Nobody has to do that. But I can tell you now, you can shut the opportunity down walking in arrogance, walking in a spirit of pride, walking in a spirit of self-promotion, which leads me to the third thing that I got to share with you. If you really want to see it happen for you, make sure you wear it on you and not in you. This morning during the motivational moment, I use I use an illustration with cologne, cologne, perfume. And I shared with us this morning that depending upon how you use it will determine whether or not it helps or harm you. See, sometimes if we are not careful, you can spray cologne on you and it will help you. It will en enhance your fragrance. But watch this, that same cologne, when it is ingested, when it is taken in, will cause more harm. Young preacher, wear every compliment, wear every praise, wear everything that they say about you, wear it on you, but don't let it get in you. Because if you let it get in you, watch what happens here. If you let it get in you, you will lose sight of what God says you are and you will fall into a trap of developing a false promotion of yourself. Wear it on you. When, when they come and they say to you, you know, you really brought a great message today, man, you preached today, you really let God use you. First of all, it's not credit for you. You must be willing to give the credit where the credit is due. After all, hold on to this young preacher. They were God's folk you preached to. It was God's word that you preached. God gave you the strength to preach. You are God's vessel and God's gift. Did you not notice something there? It all belongs to God. So because it all belongs to God, you need to give the credit to whom the credit is due. When they, when they, when they tell you that you brought a great word, to God be the glory. Thank you. Pray for me. You know, that way you don't allow those praises and those compliments to get caught in you. Because the thing that could enhance you, humility enhances. Arrogance is toxic. Mm -hmm. Humility will enhance your fragrance. Humility is like cologne that enhances your fragrance. Arrogance is like cologne that is ingested. It causes more harm than good. So tonight, I just want to challenge you. Young preacher, ask yourself, who do I think I am? Am, am I promoting my own good, my own worth? Am I getting caught in a false sense of self-promotion? Am I losing sight of who God says I am? Am I getting so caught up in watching who, what others are doing and what people are saying that I'm losing sight of who God says I am? Yeah, hold on to that. Am I wearing it on me or am I allowing it to get in me? Here's the hope that I want to share with you in closing. 
The hope that I share with you in closing is holding on to the fact that if you remain humble and let God truly use you, if you would submit and surrender, I promise you, let me add one more. If you would submit, surrender, and sell out to God, I promise you, he will push you, promote you, progress you for your faithfulness.